for this morning, we are into the second week of our two-week series on prayer. Last week, we touched on what is uh, biblical prayer and what scripture has to say about prayer. I want to acknowledge, as I did last week, this is an extremely, extremely vast theological topic, but I tried to summarize it as follows last week. Biblical prayer is a conversation, a conversation that is richly saturated with love between us and God. It is a two-way conversation, uh, a back-and-forth dialogue between us and God. So prayer is not only a way for us to request something because typically most people think that, well, I'm going to spend time in prayer. That means I'm asking for something, right? Asking for wisdom, asking for breakthrough, asking for, like, what's going on? What's going on with my life? But it's, it's a, it's a two-way conversation. And it can be that in terms of us asking things for God. There's nothing wrong with that because we see that in uh, Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow that would just come came to um, in front of the judge and con consistently kept asking for justice. So there's nothing wrong with asking for things from God. However, it is so much more than that. So it, biblical prayer is a way for us to share with God what's going on uh, with us because it's a conversation. So it's a way for us to share what's going on with us, hear from God, very importantly, to hear from God about his plan and his purpose for our lives, his plan and his, his purpose is for our friends, for our children, for our families, and, and for his kingdom, more importantly, for his kingdom. So as I said, it's a full-on conversation. It involves listening, talking, sharing, learning, uh, encouragement, uh, being refreshed, uh, interceding. Interceding as in you're praying for someone. For example, you know, I'm praying for Cynthia, I'm praying for Sam, praying for Megan. That's interceding, praying for other people. Uh, and it's also a way for us as we speak to God and hear from God, he will give us a glimpse of the future, a glimpse of the vision for the plan that he has for our lives. And also as we spend time in prayer and actually praying, he will help us to overcome our past, anything that we may have struggled with, whether it's, it's addictions or depression or what have you. It's a way that God will wash over us as the song that we just sung. And his spirit will come down and wash over us and allow us to move on to and then step fully into the plans and the purpose that he has for us. So this week, we will talk about praying, actually praying. So I, I think we all can talk a lot about prayer, but to actually praying, that's, an, that's, an, that's a different deal, right? Because it does not do us any good if we learn about something and be able to talk about it, but will not put what we've learned into practice. Especially when, because prayer, uh, prayer or praying is a way for us to grow in our relationship with God and strengthening our relationship with the God of the universe. So we need to put that into practice. So praying. Uh, firstly, before I talk about the actual act of praying, I do want to talk about we need to bring our vulnerability to the table, to the conversation. As in, we need to be surrendering our wants, our desires, our needs, and our ambitions as we come to God. Vulnerability is an essential ingredient in actually praying. Unfortunately, being vulnerable really trips up a lot of people, myself included, right? Who wants to be vulnerable to, to God? Being vulnerable meaning opening ourselves up for criticism, right? 
being vulnerable, meaning open ourselves up for being uh, judged or, or showing weakness, this is an extremely difficult position to be in. And being vulnerable meaning that we're willing to make changes, admitting that, hey, maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I did. Or maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Um, no one likes to, no one likes that. You know, no one likes to be seen as uh, to show our weaknesses and areas that we struggle with, right? I think maybe it's just me, but most of us in general always want to make it look like we have it all together. You know, everything is great. Well, I'm comfortable with where I'm at, so I don't need to do more. I don't need to do less. Or I'm doing really well. But we need to be vulnerable because if we're not, it will make it very difficult for us to pray from the standpoint of acknowledging what we need, acknowledging our struggles, acknowledging what we, um, what we fail in, and acknowledging what we need help in, and trusting in the Spirit of God to lead us. If we're not vulnerable, it'll be difficult for us to pray out loud. Right? Who, who here consistently pray out loud all the time? You, if, you, if you have, you know that in, in the beginning, it was very difficult, right? When we pray out loud, especially in front of other people, that means we're showing our vulnerability. Just, uh, we, we, we're showing that we're not able to articulate things as well as others. Are we not able to say the right thing? It doesn't matter. Because if we're vulnerable, we're praying to God and have a conversation with him. It doesn't really matter who's around us. And, for example, like being vulnerable in terms of some of the things that you may hear, like prophetically spoken out by the worship, uh, worshipers up here. They're being very vulnerable from the standpoint that they're just singing out what God has put on their heart, regardless of what it may sound like to a stranger. But they, they're being vulnerable in, in terms of stepping out. So like if this is what God has for us and for the people within the congregation, they will do it. And that's, it takes a lot of vulnerability, but I look at it as strength. So, therefore, it's not easy for us to do in terms of praying out loud. And, and we need to be vulnerable, especially when we pray for others in front of them, right? Because I think uh, Jake and I had a conversation on this last week. It's, it's always easy to say, yeah, I'll pray for you, and you kind of go off. Maybe you pray about it, maybe you don't, right? But at least saying, I'll pray for you, it sounds good, right? It sounds good to us. But if we say, I'll pray for you, actually, I'll pray for you right now, it takes a lot of vulnerability to be able to just, I don't really know what I'm going to pray for, but I'm going to try to hear from God and pray for you and to pray, pray it out loud. So it takes a lot of vulnerability to be able to accept and acknowledge that we're not in control. We need to let go. And um, the thing with being vulnerable is uh, it allows us to be humble and to be teachable. Right? right? Yes. God said yes through the train. So to be vulnerable allows us to be humble and to be teachable. And we know that being humble is exalted in the kingdom of God. This is, we know this from Luke 18 uh, on the parable between the Pharisees and the taxpayer, tax collector, when Jesus said, I tell you that, this man, the tax collector, because he came before God and was humbling himself, rather than the other, the Pharisees, who thought he was such a great prayer and he always gave a 10% of what he makes, went home justified before God. So the tax collector, the one who humbled himself, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So also, it is important to be vulnerable because we're humbling ourselves before God, right? And acknowledging that, God, you are God. And it is his will that we will follow, right? Your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven, instead of telling God what he should do, we're aligning our lifestyle. We're aligning our life decision according to his will and, and, and to acknowledge and admit that, God, this is what I really want to do, but since this is what you want me to do, I will go and do it. We partner with him, not he's partnering with us. I know there's a little slight change of wording, but it's very important for us to, to know and acknowledge. We partner with him, meaning we're going to do what he wants us to do. God partnered with us, meaning, God, can you come along and do these things this way, the way that I would like for it to be done? So being, being vulnerable and being humble, we won't be able to, 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 to do those things in terms of be willing to learn, be willing to listen, to be willing to acknowledge all the things that we have done wrong or incorrectly. And, and, hum, and also it helps us to humble ourselves before God. Right? So as I said this before, so we can be teachable, so we can learn God's way. Isaiah 55 verse 9, uh, actually a few years ago, this verse really hit me. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As, as, if we read that, it just kind of go right over our heads, right? But if we truly, truly try to understand why things happen, we unconsciously rationalize why things happen and try to explain why things happen. But we need to remind ourselves, God's ways are higher than our ways. We can never understand his way. We can never understand his thoughts. So keep that in mind, to be vulnerable and to be humble. And sometimes just don't really know why things are happening. But God, I trust you. I'm just going to keep on doing the things that you call me to do. But at the same time, I, I feel it's very necessary, necessary to say that being vulnerable and being humble doesn't mean that always staying back and letting others say or do whatever they want or just go before us. It should not mean being humble and being vulnerable. It should not mean that we, as followers of Jesus, get trampled on, right? Or, or using that as an excuse to not step out or to not speak up or not to take risk. Jesus never, ever backed down when the Pharisees or the religious leaders challenged him, right? He always went about doing the work of the Father, no matter how difficult or how challenging they are. This verse right here really shifted my mindset about being humble and being vulnerable. So Matthew 11 verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence. And the violent people have been raiding it. Some translation has this. The kingdom of heaven has been uh, forcefully advancing. And violent people have been raiding it. So that means for us to be vulnerable and humble in front of God. But for us to forcefully advance the kingdom. For us to... Take a step forward, speak out and speak up and share the things that we have instead of just keeping our mouth shut the whole time. Uh, I was over at dinner with Connie in, uh, only yesterday, and he was sharing that little Connie, not, not that big Connie, uh, uh, little, not little Connie, uh, little Ernie. Little Ernie was sharing about God with other kids. It's like, that's what it means, forcefully advancing the kingdom to actually speak out instead of letting other people say whatever they want to say, and we're just going to accept it and admit it. No, share what we have to say. Uh, to say. And do the things that God calls us to do. That's what it means to forcefully advancing. So being vulnerable to God, but be forceful when it comes to advancing the kingdom. So also being vulnerable is absolutely necessary. I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but it is an absolutely necessary ingredient when it comes to praying. So it's absolutely necessary when it comes to praying in the spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. 
Lead us in what to say and what not to say. Lead us in terms of what to do and what not to do. Like, for example, during worship, right, I just really felt God to say, hey, Hugh, let's slow down. Let's pause this. I want more for my people. So being, we need to be able to, to God, if this is what you say, this is what we're going to do. Instead of, well, let's move on to something else so we can get this over with and go on and with our lives. No, we need to be vulnerable and we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And if we think we know what's going on, that will prevent us from listening to what God has for us. Ephesians 6, um, 18 says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So all kinds of prayers, not just while you're worshiping or not just bedtime prayer, but all kinds of prayers. Then John uh, 4, verse 24 said, God is spirit. I think um, I, I, I spoke on this last week. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. We must. It's not like we may or we should. We must worship in spirit and in truth. And praying in the spirit will align us with God. And uh, it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. It's a little bit lengthy, but I want you to stay with me on this. The spirit searches all things. Even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them, right? So no one knows what we think except our own spirit. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except, whoa, except for the spirit of God. So we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by our human wisdom but was taught by spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. So praying in the spirit means that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to search our heart. And we can hear what God has to say because if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come and opening and listening to what God has, we're going to start saying the things that we want to do. We're going to talk ourselves into, well, I don't really want to do that. This is so much easier because A, B, C, D. I can come up with any reason for any excuses for anything pretty much to justify what I do. But if we listen to what God has to say, we got to trust him and go with what he has for us. So we need to pray in the spirit. So when we pray in the spirit, it can come in different ways, different formats. Right? It's similar to the many, many different ways that we have a conversation with someone that we love. So just remember a conversation, right? We can speak intelligently uh, from Nehemiah. We can speak in tongues. I know this is a controversial topic, but it's a way that for, for us crying out to God and it bypasses our mind. We, we can't logically know what God is thinking. That's what it means to pray in tongues. It's just our heart just groaning, also groaning in Romans chapter 8, just crying out to God, right, with cries again. So a lot of things about passion, intensity, just the love that you have for people and with people. And also, obviously, praying silently. So when we search for the Holy Spirit and pray out the things that he has put on our hearts and trying to listen to him, we will be in tune with God. Right? We have to listen to the Spirit of God to know what he wants. Otherwise, we're going to listen to our own spirit. And that's not what God wants. We will also find rest and peace when we do that. And when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying out and also we'll be asking for things that God wants us to ask for. And that's when... We talked about we will receive, it will be given to us when we ask according to his will. That's from 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And also, the Holy Spirit is 
an incredible advantage we have as followers of Jesus Christ. No one can pray in the Spirit without Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. We can only have the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. We cannot pray in the Spirit without Jesus. So keep that in mind. It's an incredible advantage to know and hear the minds of God. So we need to listen to what God has for us instead of just kind of keep going on and on and praying out the things that we think we know or logically, well, this makes sense because I learned about this two years ago, so this is what I'm going to do. Trust in God. There's so many things in here, and I, I was telling Vanessa, I actually had like nine pages of notes, and I realized there's no way I can squeeze this in in 20 or 25 minutes. And I know there's no way that you guys want to listen to me talk through nine pages. So I'm going to try to, to uh, bring this in briefly and, and try to share a little bit in terms of what it is to pray individually and to pray corporately. So briefly, individually, remember that we have died to ourselves and risen up in Christ. When we verbally accepted that Jesus died for our sins and has risen up in three days later. So therefore, we should no longer live for our own selfish pleasure, our own selfish desires, or our own selfish ambitions. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? That was, that was rough. It was rough for me as I was writing this out. I was like, man, am I just living for my own ambition? Am I living for my own selfish desires? Because Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are now, as we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and as our King, right? so we are to live for Jesus. Remember the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Hallowed be your name, our Father. I hope this was a challenging statement for you guys because it's very challenging for me. It's no longer about us. It's all about God. Another thing that was really challenging, and it is very challenging, is if we don't live for Jesus, then what is the point of acknowledging that Jesus, the Son of God, died for us? It's tough. It's a, str it's a strong statement, and it's harsh. But if we, as followers of Jesus, don't live for Jesus and just live for ourselves as we have in the past, then his death on the cross would have been the greatest act of wastefulness in the history of mankind. So it's almost like I accept you, Jesus. You died for my sin, and I just go back and did all the things that I used to do. What was the point of that? I have heard others call it as it is an insult to God. It's a strong statement. Um, take a minute to digest that because it was wrong for me as I was writing this out. It was an insult to God in terms of what he had done. We said thank you, and we just went on on our merry way. That's what I meant in terms of it's an insult to God because the act of still living for, our, living for ourselves after accepting Jesus. It's a strong statement, right? It's a strong statement, but it's the truth. We need to accept that, acknowledge it, and say, God, what am I living for? Because if I say, your kingdom come, your will be done, is it my will or your will? Lord Jesus. So how do we live for Jesus? The only know, the only way to know how to live for Jesus is to be able to hear from God, right? It comes, it comes back to praying and listening to God, listening to the Spirit of God. 
And this is why we need to be praying all the time. And we need to be praying often. I want to put down some simple tips. These are just some simple tips for me. And I want to put these down to hopefully it will be helpful for you guys. Number one, first and foremost is quiet our thoughts. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 8, like don't babble. Don't ramble on and on. Don't just start going into the conversation and start asking for things. Listen from God. Listen for God. Listen for his voice instead of, um, hey, God, I need a promotion so I can buy a new house. Listen to what God has for us. That's number, number one, the first step. So as we listen, I want to encourage you guys, don't empty your minds. That is very dangerous. The term that people use a lot nowadays is uh, meditation, right? People say meditation, meditate, empty your mind. Do not empty your mind. As followers of Jesus, do not empty your mind. Because when you empty your mind, other people will come in. The other spirit, not from God, will come in and tell you what to do and speak into you and bring darkness into your life. So meditation, there's a biblical meditation that means to focus to, to devote our time, to reflect on God's, uh, God's scriptures and God, God's word. Psalm 119 verse 97 said, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. So that's what it means. So when people say meditate, don't empty your mind. Please, focus on the word that God has spoken over us. Uh, also another thing, if you don't know, just read out the Bible. You want to sit down and pray to God, or if you're struggling with things on your thought, uh, in your mind about uh, your your past or the things that you can't overcome, and you don't know what to say, just open up Scripture and just start reading Scriptures out loud. That's a way for us to fight. It's a way for us to hear from God. It's a way for us to to grow in our knowledge and our understanding of who Jesus is. Uh, be willing to put aside our own desires, our ambitions, our own needs. We talked about that. God will. And also, God, it's good for us to read scripture because then we can use that to compare it to what we think God wants us to do because God will never, ever, ever tell us to do something contrary to scriptures. That's a definite statement. That's a strong statement. But I can say that with absolute. He will never tell us to do anything contrary to scripture. And also, God put us in family, put us around us so we can bounce things off each other, learn from each other. That's why we have a family. That's why we have a church family. Trust what we hear from God and live it out. When God speaks to us, trust him. He is God and he knows what he's doing. We have to trust him. He will make the way. He will equip us. He will provide for us. He will uh, lead us uh, through the obstacles. He will protect us. Trust in his spirit. Trust in the things that we see. Don't think about, well, I'm not educated enough. I'm not articulate enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. Whatever it is, trust in God and carry it out. He will equip us and he will lead us and he will show us the way. He will protect us by his spirit. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So we have to trust the spirit of God. And the only way to do that is to actually spend time praying and hearing and listening to God. And an important thing that really affected my ego was to know that God will accomplish his plans whether I follow it or not. That's, I don't know if it's a, it's, a, it's a shot to your ego or not, but it was to me. 
God will accomplish his plans, whether he does or not. But he wants us to tune our ears to him and for us to partner with him. That's an incredible revelation, right? He's going to do what he's going to do. And whatever he wants is going to happen. But he wants us to partner with him, to enjoy the journey, to experience some of the fruit and, 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 the, and the experience the glory of what it is like to partner with God, to, to work and see how his will being accomplished and being done. That's an incredible revelation, right? That's why we have to be vulnerable, to be humble, to realize it's not about us. It's not about me. I say that to myself all the time. I say that to our kids all the time. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. Trust in God. Carry out the things that he has planned for us. And I want to talk a little bit uh, briefly about how when we pray together, when we come together praying corporately, uh, from my experience growing, um, well, I didn't grow up in a church, but from my experience from, from arguing and making fun of churches, I, I noticed that a, a lot of churches don't actually have a lot of corporate prayer. We can do better, I'll admit that. But in general, people don't gather together just to hear from God. So I think this is an area that may be missing for a lot of followers of Jesus Christ from the standpoint of being able to hear from God all together, all together, coming together and hear from God in terms of what he has to say for us. Because when we do all those things individually, as I listed earlier, and we gather together, we prepare to hear from God, we will hear what he has planned for us instead of 10 of us coming together with 10 different requests, 10 different ideas, 10 different ways of, well, God, this is what I want to pray for. So I'm going to pray it out versus coming together and listening to God and be united. Be united in terms of what he has called us to do and be united in carrying that out and, and walking out the request that he has for us and putting our own agenda aside and putting our own request aside. That's why I always say um, before even Sunday meeting, right? We come, we prepare for worship, we prepare for the songs, but we want to always listen to God. Say, so God, if you want to speak, we will stop. If you want to keep on going, we will keep on going. If you want us to stop, we'll stop. And, and sometimes during prayer, I come with the things that I wanted to pray for. We end up praying for something totally different. It's because we want to make sure we hear from God, trust him, and pray into that. So this way, when we come together and we, we have been spending time praying individually, we all will be able to hear from God and hear and see the plan that he has for all of us as a local church and together pulling in that direction because we know this is from God. It's not about me. It's not about Hugh. It's not about Mike. It's not about Jake. It's about God. So we can do this together. And it's a statement I want to keep on saying over and over again. God brought us together at restoration for a reason. It's for our own good. We may not like it, but it's for our own good and for his purpose. So keep that in mind. So when we start thinking from the perspective of it's not all about me, we will realize that, oh, then I need to align my will, align my life with the, what God has planned for me. And when we come together, God loves seeing his people coming together. And that's when he pulls out his blessing and his favor over us, when we're united. Psalms 133 spoke on that beautifully. And for us, my desire is, and I think that's for most of us, is we always, 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 did I say always? We always want to do what pleases God. We always want to do what pleases God. It's not about us. It's not about what we sound like or what we should be or where we should be at. It's always what pleases God. That's what we want to do. 
I want to end by just um, maybe some last practical uh, handles on, on praying. And I, firstly, I want to say it's very simple. If I can say it's very simple in terms of praying, just like having a conversation with God. We tend to make things very complicated, but God always wants to make things very simple. Just spend time with him. It's all about God. It's not about me. I know I've said that several times, but I want to reinstate that because it's all about God. It's not about me. Number two, do it often. I said that last week. I'm going to say it again. Do it often. Spend time in praying to God often. The more that we practice praying, the better it will be. And if you, if you, if you pray out loud by yourselves and you do that often, eventually you can be comfortable with praying out loud for others in front of others. Try that. Do it often. The more that we pray, the, the more rest and joy and peace that we will get because we're spending time with God. We're, spending, uh, we, we're building and growing in our relationship with him. Just as I said, it gets better with practice. Right? Pray out loud by ourselves. Pray for others according to what God has put on our heart. So the more time we spend in praying and spending time with God, the easier we hear from God, right? So when we pray for other people, we will know that it is God that's speaking to us and to pray and speak things over other people. No more, no less. I want to say that. Don't just add more to the things that God has revealed to you when you pray for other people. Uh, and lastly, listen to the small voice and trust it. I always come back to this verse, James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, he will flee. So draw near to God. The more we draw near to God, the easier it would be to hear from him. So the voice that you hear, trust it. Trust what it is and keep on going. Listen to that small voice and trust it. I have this quote from D.L. Moody, which I love. It's about praying. Only when we get serious with God can we expect an answer. Only when we get serious with God, as in serious with our relationship with God, serious in terms of spending time with God, serious with praying and, and not looking for our own agenda, that's when we will get an answer. It's always challenging for me when we talked about relationship, praying, spending time with God. It's always amazing. How can people trust God so much that they're willing to, uh, just like missionaries, they're willing to move somewhere else, go live in this different land with different group of people, and, and willing to die and face death just because God has called them to do. That's something that I'm not saying that we should all do, but that's something that we should all try to uh, strive to. To just be able to hear from God and trust him. Trust him enough to say, you know, God, it sounds very unreasonable, very impractical. But if this is what you want for me to do, I trust your plans and your purpose. I will go and do those things. And again, trust, trust in God and carry out those things because there's, there's a verse from Nehemiah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nehemiah. He was the one that rebuilt the walls in uh, Jerusalem. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 said, when I heard these things about how his people have been dispersed and, 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 and suffering violence and, and mistreatment and abuse, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. That was the beginning. And as he spent time fasting, praying, hear, hearing from God, and as he heard from God, he decided to carry out the things that God has planned 
for him and his people. And eventually he led his people. He received favors and blessing in terms of going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So it can start with just one. So I want to encourage you guys. It can start with just one of us. Spend time in prayer. Get serious with God. And then trust it and walk it out. So if one, of, if one person can do that, just imagine what it's like if we have the whole church of people who spend time with God, praying for God, hearing from God, and trusting the things that God has and walk it out. God will pour out his favor and his blessing on all of us. So again, let us be a praying church. Praying church. Be serious with God. And as we are serious with God and serious about the things that God has for us, we can forcefully advance the kingdom. We can forcefully advance the kingdom. We can speak out the things that God has for us. Share our story. Share about who Jesus is. Share about the person that we know because we've been spending so much time praying, spending so much time having conversation and hearing from him. So my heart is for us as a church to not just a church that know about prayer, but a church of people who are praying often. Let us be a church full of active prayers. That's actually my prayer. We can pray for that at the end. To be a church full of people who are able to hear God and faithfully live out his plans and his purpose for each of us individually and corporately at restoration. Amen. Amen. There's so much more to this, but I just felt like at least we just want to get the basic of what it is to spend time in prayer and actually praying for God. So um, let, let us close, and I know I'm running way over time. So let's, let's close and uh, close your eyes. I want to pray over us. Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. We just want to acknowledge that you, you are the one who we love, who we adore, who we cherish. We love you, God. We love you and we worship you. and We glorify you, God. We want to put you above everything that we want, everything that we see, everything that we know, Lord. We just want to exalt your name, Jesus, above all names. We love you, God. I just ask, Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will come and allow us to grow in this area, that we will be a praying church. We will be the people who spend time with you and be able to speak life into others because of the time that we spent with you, Lord Jesus. I just pray for breakthroughs, Lord. I just pray for miracle. I just pray for like uh, more faith, more faith to see the sick heal, to see the dead be raised up, for all those things that we read in scriptures. Because of our faith and our trust in you, Lord. Because of our relationship with you. I just want to ask for that. Holy Spirit, just come and strengthen each and every one of us. Young and old. That we can hear from you. And be able to share and speak those things out. And bring life to the people around us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.